Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Stay At Home That. Welcome back in, everybody. Thanks for coming back for yet another episode of Stay At Home Thad. Great to be back after a little bit of the summer break. Kicked off season three last week with some of the jabronis. Shout out producer Sam and the keto grill guy, Joe. Always good to have those guys. We missed Richie this time. He was battling a severe case of some poison ivy. So T's and P's out to Richie. Hope you're feeling better there, buddy. But it was great to have those guys on. We did a little bit of a summer overrated, underrated activity banter. We did a bit of catching up on some of the NFL storylines that we've missed talking about the last couple months, well, or last couple weeks while I was off. And then also did a little bit of a fantasy mock draft. Hope you're getting ready for those. I know I have a bunch of drafts coming up in the next couple weeks. It's going to be good times. Always a blast. How many leagues is too many leagues? Maybe we'll tackle that one on a future episode but it's definitely fantasy football season NFL training camps underway man kind of a slow time in the sports calendar if we're being honest I mean fortunately NFL is starting to come back we've got NHL training camps that open up in I think it's like two months or seven weeks something like that but we definitely are, are limping out of the dead zone in the sports calendar and I for one am pretty grateful that Things are starting to pick up. This week on the show, though, I'm, I'm really excited to have Matt Marchese joining me. Matt is a producer and a fill-in host on The Jeff Merrick Show and an occasional host on Sportsnet Today. If you are not familiar, if you're maybe one of my American listeners and you're not familiar with Sportsnet, uh, the Fan 590 is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, sports radio station in Canada. And the Jeff Merrick Show is probably the preeminent daily hockey radio show. Um, it's my favorite podcast by far. It's a must-listen throughout the NHL season, uh, throughout the off season. They've been on a little bit of a break right now, uh, which is good for those guys because they work so hard throughout the year putting out just some great hockey content and I think Matt is one of the most friendly and engaging and approachable sports media personalities that I've ever come across. He's, I've started messaging him back and forth a little bit on Twitter, uh, probably at the beginning of or, or near the end of the regular season, beginning of the playoffs, and just a guy who's been willing to engage back and forth and talk hockey and um, answer any questions I have about things that maybe the casual fan wouldn't know, but given the role that he has in uh, his career and, and uh, in the radio station and just duties as a producer. He's, he's just been such a great guy to, to ask questions to, and he's been so willing to go back and forth. And so a couple of weeks ago I asked, hey, would you ever be open to joining me? And sure enough, he is joining me today. So with that being said, here is my conversation with Matt Marchese. Well, it is my distinct privilege to welcome Sir Matthew Marchese. I don't think anybody's ever called him that, but maybe they have. But Matt, welcome to Stay at Home Thad. You are in the basement slash uh, TV room slash toy room. This is where all the toys are. But welcome in. So glad to have you on the Stay at Home Thad show. How you doing, man? 
I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. For, that was quite the intro. I, hey. I, I haven't been officially knighted yet, although I'm hoping one day that maybe that happens, even though I'm not British or anything, but yeah. that would be pretty darn cool to be knighted. But yeah, no, Sir Matthew Marchese, uh, that works for me. I'll, I'll see if I can pull some strings. I don't have too much sway <laughs> with the Royal family in England, but I'll, I'll see if I can pull some strings. Matt is, uh, is great for you to join us because you were kind of on high alert for baby watch. Your wife yeah. is about to have a baby potentially at any moment. So if, if, if the other end suddenly goes dead and you're not on the screen, I'll know that it's go time and you're on your way to have your first baby. You don't know the gender, correct? No, do not know. Uh, everything's a surprise. Actually, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that on the other end, it could, it could go either way. Yeah. I was, I was hosting a show and so we're recording this on Tuesday. So I was hosting on Monday and I was the a chair and I started talking, but I had actually potted down my mic a little bit Oh no! and someone texted and said, it's true. Matt could leave at any moment yeah. and he must, they must be having the baby right now, oh, which wasn't the case, but it was a great way to start the show. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, my wife will just tell me that the contractions are starting and then we'll get the process going. But right. I mean, yeah, we're, uh, we're excited. I'm anxious because I've been, I'm kind of just like, okay, this thing just needs to happen now <laughs> yeah. because I, I I'm, my wife is like, I don't know why you're so worried. You're right. not the one carrying the baby. But exactly. I mean, well, we're all set to go. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. That's Thank really you. exciting. One of the coolest things that can happen to you. So really excited for you. Now you're, you're talking about being an A chair and, and being on a show. So you, you have been at Sportsnet 590, the fan now for over 10 years, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. What was it that drew you to this career in the first place? And, and maybe, you know, after you touch on that, what's a day in the life of a producer of one of the top hockey radio shows in Canada? Like, so I don't know what I, I've always been kind of drawn to radio, whether it be I've always loved music, even though I couldn't play an instrument to save my life. Can't sing. Uh, people's ears would bleed. Um, but it's more what, like when I was a kid, I used to do, you know, when, when we had super Nintendo and there was no play by play on video games for those of you kids listening, we didn't have play by play. So right. I provided my own. Nice. Um, and my parents would walk in and be like, Oh my God, he's, he's at it again, but I love doing it. And my dad always wanted to go into radio. And then that happened for him later in his life. Like he does a show on Sunday mornings, oh, whatever. Cool. But that was his kind of dream. And then I, I just kind of inherited it, I guess. Like I wasn't, it was just always something that I wanted to do. I always thought that the medium itself was pretty cool. And it's the one place that... Um, my inane ability to talk too much mm -hmm. actually works in my favor because my wife tells me, she's like, you know, you talk a lot. I'm like, you know, that's like part of my job, right? I'm paid to do this. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, she's made it, it always, it was always funny because we used to go to events and stuff like that. And when right. I was producing primetime sports, it, it was Bob McCowan. Right. And everybody's mm -hmm. like, Oh my God, Bob McCowan. So everybody wants to talk to you about right. Bob McCowan. Yeah. I finally told her one day, I was like, listen, People don't know me here. Say I work at a gas station. <laughs> She's like, you're an idiot. Yeah. I was like, you're probably right. But yeah. at least at this moment, I don't have to. It's fine because I get it. Like for me, it's normal. It's my right. job. Mm -hmm. But for other people, it's I'm not I'm, I'm not trying to say that I'm like any athlete or special sure. person, but I have a different job that a lot of people would like because it is circled around sports. Right. 
so that so that part is is kind of what drew me to it. I, I always tell people it beats working for a living. It really yeah. does. And yeah. and I'm very fortunate in that. But as it pertains to a day in the life, I mean, it's a day that doesn't it doesn't really end in sure. a way. Like especially, well, not even especially. Whether you're producing or hosting, it's all the same because you have to watch the stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are times when life happens and you can't watch stuff or you have to, you know, watch it the next day or whatever the case may be, but you're constantly, you know, scrolling Twitter to see Mm -hmm. what people are talking about. You're, you're watching the games, you're, you're, you know, you're booking guests and, and that's kind of where the process starts. So the day actually starts the day before sure. in reality. So if we're talking about a Monday show that starts Sunday, it may even start Saturday, but for me, usually I need one day of rest. Um, It usually starts Sunday and, you know, you go through the top stories, whatever, and then you're booking the guests based on those and you're looking at, you're watching games and you're looking at Twitter because these are the avenues in which you will get your content from. Right. And I mean, I know, I know I'm making it seem like it's really easy, but it's, it's kind of easy. Like I guess also because I don't, I try not to stress out about it because I've just done it so long and I know that things will fall into place. And I also work with Jeff Merrick, which is, you know, super easy because Jeff is Jeff and I have known each other for a long time, basically since I started at the fan Cool. and, and we, you know, we have a good relationship and Jeff trusts me, Mm -hmm. you know, there are days when he's so busy and he's just like, dude, just book the show. Just tell me what's on it. And we're good. Yeah. And that's what happens a lot of the time. And, And it makes it, it's, it shows that Jeff has confidence in me. My mm-hmm. bosses don't bother me about the day-to-day happenings with the show. They trust me to go out and do my thing. Cool. Um, whether that's in their best interest, it, right. I'm still not sure. Yeah. But it works out. And the job itself, I mean, if you know what to look for, I know who Jeff likes, who he doesn't like. I know what stories we need to hit. I know that when you know, we may focus on you know, um, because we're on the Sportsnet radio network, we'll focus mm-hmm. on Calgary and Vancouver and Toronto, maybe a little bit more, sure. but it's a two hour show and Jeff solo and I'll jump in every once in a while. So mm-hmm. you try and have fun with it. I mean, at the end of the day, you're, you're only as good as the last show that you produce. So right. once that show's done, listen, we've had shows where things have gone not as planned mm-hmm. and you got to get over it and move on and make sure that the next one's better. And that's how we kind of operate. But I'm really making it seem like the job is not all that difficult, but it's super fun. I can yeah. say that. Well, and, and you kind of mentioned this before, but like I've heard you and Jeff on the, on the show before talk about like, you know, yeah, it, it beats working for a living and, and you guys yeah. have really built that chemistry. Well, um, I, it's, it's definitely one of the, my favorite podcasts that I listen to during the year. And so I think that speaks a lot to, you know, what you guys have built together. And that really does come through. So I love that. And, and I appreciate I'm, that. Yeah. And, and I know that it is not easy, but you have found your routine. And, and mm-hmm. so you, you know what works, what doesn't work. And so that's, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, it's been great. Now in, in the line of work that you have, there's got to be lots of moments that are kind of like, wow, this is pretty cool that I'm here. C- can you maybe single out one that was kind of like a, you know, a pinch me moment or a memory that you're like, it's wild that I was able to have this conversation or be at this event. Is there one that maybe stands out? Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you one. Like, I mean, there's lots, I've met a lot of really cool people, but this, this one particular moment was not, it wasn't planned because I didn't know that this person was in the building. Okay. 
so the way our the way our setup was it's changed because there used to be basically a room that had six computers and that's where that's where all the radio producers and hosts would prepare for shows okay so at that point I wasn't producing Hockey Central. I was just producing primetime sports. But I was with um, a guy named Travis McKenzie. who used to produce the Jeff Blair show. Okay. And Travis has moved on, and he's, he's doing something in insurance right now. Jeff Blair, I have a lot, not a lot, but I've got some American listeners. Jeff Blair is one of the main Blue Jays voices. Yes, yes. For the I should, Net, I should preface that. Yeah. No, no, you're all good. He's a longtime writer. He's covered baseball forever. He's started uh, with the Expos. Is done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeff has been Jeff's been around the block. So we're sitting in this room, and where the room is situated, there's a lot of people that walk by because you know our marketing department is there, and mm-hmm. then you know um, CEOs of Sportsnet and all that. There, you have to walk past us, right, to get to where their offices are. So one day we see a group of suits walking by and it's a group of suits. This is very normal for a day at Sportsnet. And we're sitting there, don't think anything of it, whatever. And then, I don't know, about an hour later, maybe 45 minutes later, there's a guy again in a suit or at least in a shirt and tie. And he's walking around and he's whatever. And he walks into our room and he goes, oh, so this is where the magic happens. And in my head, I'm like, really, man? Like, I'm preparing for a show. Right. I don't need to hear this. Like, who is this? And I happened to turn my head and thank God I didn't say anything because I would look like a real jerk. Yeah. Um, and it would have been a really bad look. Right. Um, I look over and I do a double take and I look at my buddy Travis and I'm like, in my head, is this really happening? It was Wayne Gretzky. Oh, my goodness, the great one himself. <laughs> so, and he comes in and he starts asking us questions about our job and preparing no for shows. I'm like, dude, you're Wayne Gretzky. What do yeah. you care about this? Then we started talking about baseball and how he was a big Detroit Tigers fan right. growing up. And it just like, and then he left after, I don't know, he was there for 10 or 15 minutes, a quick chat. And then he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I got to go back or whatever. And I looked at my buddy and I went, did that really just happen? Was that really oh Wayne Gretzky? Goodness. And sure enough, it was Wayne Gretzky. And I will never, ever forget that moment because yeah. I was about four seconds away from making myself look like a real ass. It wouldn't have been very good. Yeah. And and was there, was there a little bit of like a 10 minute, like, don't fanboy, don't freak out, like, just, just stay cool? Or, or does he kind of not put that kind of aura out that makes you uncomfortable around him. I think if I, if I was, if that was me, maybe I was probably in the business, I don't know, five years, probably five years. If that was me, like five years before that, I definitely would have fanboyed, but I didn't just because I had spoken to him on the phone. I had dealt with him a couple of times and you just got to kind of keep your, cool right mm-hmm. i've always in a way i've kind of been jaded by the industry in a sense that sure. i know that these people they are regular people who do things you know at an incredible level which right. you know we could never never ever get to the majority of us right right so that's how i've kind of looked at it but in the same breath it's like 
How many people have had that type of conversation with Wayne Gretzky where he's asking them mm-hmm. about how they do their job? And after it was done, you're kind of just like, did that really happen? And there were like a thousand other questions I probably wanted to ask him. Yeah. None of which ever came to my mind yeah. in that moment because you're kind That's of hilarious. you're just dumbfounded, right? Sure. It's Wayne Gretzky. It's yeah, you know. People come in and walk and ask questions all the time. And you're kind of just, ah, whatever. Like, I'm busy. Leave me alone. Yeah. And it's like, it's Wayne Gretzky. I'm not going to say, hey, man, I'm busy. (laughs) Yeah. Excuse me, the great one. (laughs) Yeah. Sir Wayne. um, Yeah. yeah, Can you leave me alone? No, it was it was really cool. And that was kind of a that moment. And then meeting Bob Cole, because, again, being Mm. in the broadcast business. Yeah. You know, to me, meeting Bob Cole was cooler than meeting a lot of other people that I met. Oh, for sure. It's the voice of your childhood, right? Hockey night in Canada every Saturday night. Yep. Yeah. And so that was, that was really cool. You just, it's a cool job where you get to meet really cool people. I'm not going to complain about it. That's for certain. Yeah. So, and, and you know what, in a way you create, I'm not saying that I created friendships with those types of people, but in the business, I have friends that are, you know, like people that I would consider friends. And I think that they would consider me friends as well that are, Mm -hmm. you know, prominent in the business. And that's, that's a really cool thing too. Like, you know, we've, we've had, we've had um, the, the company has made cuts over the years, like in 10 years, people come and go Mm -hmm. and, and I get a call and I'm not going to, I'm not going to put his name out there because I don't think he needs that, but you know, someone who was very, good with their time when I was starting out in the business mm-hmm. who I'm still buddies with today always calls me and says, Hey, are you good? Do you need anything? Cool. If, you know, if you're not okay, let me know. So it, there are people that are, that are good in the business. It's a, it's a hard business, but you meet some really cool, interesting people along yeah. the way for sure. Like Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So cool. Now, so you are in, for, for those who don't know, Sportsnet's headquartered in, is it Toronto, Mississauga? We're in Toronto. Toronto, okay. Yeah. So being in Toronto, you know, I've got buddies that are, you know, Red Wings fans who talk about Detroit being hockey town, which, you know, that's cute. I, I really, I give them props for that. But I mean, the Toronto market and the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's a little bit of a different animal. Can you share what it's like being in the line of work that you're in in the market like Toronto, where the Leafs are, you know, prominent, I, you're a Leafs fan as well. What, what is it like being able to cover hockey in the Toronto market? I, I'm going to piss a lot of Toronto people off. Okay. Toronto is, I would never say that Toronto is a hockey market. I would say that Toronto is a leaf market and sure. a leaf crazy market. Yeah. I don't That's think, fair. especially, <laughs> and this is really going to piss them off. I don't actually think that a lot of Toronto fans know what goes on outside of Toronto because when they talk about players that play on other teams and they're like, he's not very good. I'm just like, well, hold on a second. Mm -hmm. He actually is. If you watch the games, you would understand that. And it's not that they're, it's not that they're stupid fans, although some are really stupid. Yes. It's more just that they have tunnel vision about their own guys. Like we always make the joke. So there's a, there's a place in the greater Toronto area. For those that don't know, it's called Woodbridge mm-hmm. and Woodbridge is filled with Italians. And I can make this joke because yes. I'm Italian and it's always, there was a guy that used to call into the station years ago, like even before I got there right. and it was Vito from Woodbridge. Yeah. 
super Italian. And he always used to make like he always used to talk about like Wendell Clark and this and, like they're the, the glory days. Players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he would there was always a terrible like trade proposal where like Wayne Gretzky is going to come here for basically a bag of pucks and broken yeah. stick. So now we make the joke, you know, Vito from Woodbridge says that, you know, they should trade, you know, Alex Kerfoot and two first round picks or Connor McDavid and that should yeah. do it. Right. Right. So Toronto fans have a tendency to just have their, their very tunnel vision. They're like racehorses. They mm-hmm. go really fast one speed, but they can't see anything left. Yeah. Right. And in that case, I just, it's a, it's an interesting market because listen, They've had no success in the last 50 years. I don't mm-hmm. care if you want to talk about the glory days of 1993 and, and you know, 1994, where they made it to the conference final and lost to Vancouver the year before against LA. Listen, they've sucked. Yes. And, and the fans, I think now there's a sense of apathy sure. among the fan base, which is like the worst thing that you can have as a, as a, as a team. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the market itself is very interesting in that they're very passionate. I think a lot of them know what they're talking about. There are a few that are, again, stupid, but they 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 just want a winner. They just even just having one round of playoff success mm-hmm. is like all this fan base needs for right now, just to just to appetize the palate. For and sure. they just can't get there. And again, the market needs it. I think the market deserves it because there Absolutely. are a lot of people, you know, like, like my dad, my dad is, my dad's going to be 66 in November. And my dad's been a Leaf fan his whole life. His dad, when he came to Canada, instantly fell in love with hockey. Hmm, he became cool. a Leaf fan. My dad was really young. Like he was like 11 years old the last time that they won a Stanley Cup. Right. There are people that were born after like in 1967 who would ne- or 1968 who have never witnessed a Stanley Cup. They have never witnessed the Stanley Cup final. Yep. For a fan for an organization that basically claims that they're one of the elite mm-hmm. in the league, they're not doing a whole heck of a lot to live up to the billing. Yep. I know I'm ranting about this awful organization right now that I continue to cheer for and they yes. drive me crazy, but I the market would be so much better if ev- not everybody could point to them and say, when was the last time that you won? Because yes. that happens all the time. Yeah. And that honestly, for those of you who make that joke, I'm I'm thinking of all my wings buddies who have been chirping me and, and I'm an Oilers fan first. Mm-hmm. I've always said the Leafs are kind of my second favorite team, but they've always chirped about, you know, when, when are you going to win a cup? When you're, you're the greatest yeah. hockey place in the world. Blah, 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 blah. Anyways, it's not wrong. Yeah, I know. Well, my, my dad, he was 1965, so he was two when it happened. And there you go. And he uh, he also, he's he's waiting for that day. I, I will say this, though. If it ever happens. It's going to be the greatest parade ever. It And I mean, they already had the Raptors a couple years ago to iron won't out all the It won't even be close. Won't it even is, be close. It won't be close, and it, it'll be far more organized. And yeah. that gonna is going to be It's going to have to start. It's going to have to start in, like, Hamilton. <laughs> Yeah. To, to accommodate everything. And Hamilton, for those that don't know, is about a 45 minute drive on a good day to Toronto. I mean, give them the, Windsor, the, the highway. Yeah. It's, give, give them Windsor. Give them the four hours. I, I laugh. Listen, basketball is go, has come a long way in Absolutely. Canada. It, in the last we 25 the North. Let's go, years. Baby. Yeah. It's come a long way. 
but I can say this with the utmost certainty. There is the city will have to shut down for a week if the Toronto Maple oh, Leafs yeah. win. Because we are talking, like we said, we're talking about generations of Leaf fans that haven't seen a, a win. Forget like the Raptors in two and a half decades. Right. We're talking over five decades. That's a lot of fans. Mm-hmm. And I and people always ask me, like, oh, are you gonna are you gonna kind of push your kid? to be a fan of a certain team. I'm like, yes, no. they are going to have to No, Yes. They, oh, are, they gonna are go through the same pain okay, as okay. I did. We're going to continue the pain cycle. Yeah. <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Buffalo bills. I'm a Liverpool fan. They're going through one right now. Oh, they, it took man. forever to win a premier league title. They're, they're going to go through the same pain as I went through we, and watch them win really quickly. And these kids will never remember it. Yeah. We, uh, we kind of share the pain of our, sports teams that we follow because I, I have had very little success as well. So it's a tough, it's a tough gig being a fan of teams that don't win. It really oh, is. And on the note of teams that are struggling, Matt and I both have the blue Jays game on in the background and uh, Alec Noah, who's our stud pitcher has given up a two run lead. So we're, we're feeling the pain of another major professional sports team from the greater Toronto area. Who's hurting our souls. But. It, do, it doesn't ever seem to end. Oh. Jackie Bradley jr. Muffed one in the, in the outfield, which he doesn't do very often. No. So the timing, um, yeah, not great. He's not great he's, at all. He's supposed to bring some stability, bring, uh, another bat. Oh man. All right. We, we need to move on because <laughs> I'm going to be depressed in the middle of, <laughs> of this episode, but Man, in the NHL, there have been some crazy off-season stories that have been going on, whether it's, you know, Goudreau, Kachuk, leaving Calgary, Vegas, you know, the Pat Treddy trade, you got the Robin Leonard injury, or injury uh, Brent Burns being traded, DeBrinket being traded, Chicago and their quote-unquote rebuild, which who knows what they're actually doing over there. Are any of these stories, or is there another NHL story from the off-season that c- kind of stands out to you as being one of the more prominent ones? You know, I think the, I, I think the the Calgary thing is super interesting, and and even where the two stars that they had landed, like nobody saw Johnny Gaudreau going to Columbus. Um, nobody saw them kind of forking out that cash. But at the end of the day, I think that there's, I think in any other season, if the cap wasn't the way it was, and more teams could have been in on Johnny Gaudreau, I can't say that he ends up in Columbus. Sure. But in the same breath, it was a super interesting offseason because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Matthew Kachuk trade for me was the big one. Yeah. Because it I don't know if I, I don't know if if Johnny Gaudreau stayed, if he would have stayed. I don't know if that's the case. I mean, maybe it was a better chance that he would have stayed. Right. But also the package that the Flames got for Matthew Kachuk. I was, I was here at my house. I was out in the backyard and we were hosting a party for my mother-in-law's 60th birthday. Right. And as it's all happening, I get, I'm starting to get the notifications because I, you know, when Friedman tweets, I have a notification and right. so on and so forth. And my first inclination was Florida got fleeced in this deal. Yeah. You know, and the, and Jonathan Uberdo is an elite scorer in the NHL. Mackenzie Weger doesn't get enough attention for being as good as he is. Right. 
let's not forget that Mackenzie Weger was really good with Aaron Ekblad out of the lineup. He mm-hmm. was a big reason why that team was able to, I don't want to say stay afloat because they'd already had lo- playoff position pretty much locked right. down at that point, but still Mackenzie Weger is a very good defenseman. I don't think Calgary is, I, I, I know that they lost Matthew Kachuk. I know that they lost Johnny Gaudreau, but they've at least replaced one of them with an elite player. They've solidified the back end, which is really, I thought it was pretty good to begin with. Mm-hmm. They played with Chris Tanev, basically a broken human Dead. being in the playoffs. Yeah. And so I look at Uyghur as a great fit there. They've already locked up Huberdeau to the extension. I, if Weger if signs an extension, plus they got a first round pick and plus they got another young player in return. Full swing, yep. Yeah, to me, that's that feels like stealing. That feels like Brad Treliving, who everybody said, oh my God, they're going to go into a rebuild. Yeah. Just went and flipped. I mean, he didn't get anything for Johnny Gaudreau. We know that. But he's also in a position now where he's got a little bit of cap flexibility. Maybe he can go out and make a trade. Right. And by all accounts, it's, it kind of sounds like it was an 11th hour decision by Goudreau to actually decide, you yeah. know, I, I actually am going to take off. You, you tweeted this out um, August 4th. <laughs> well, you, you quote tweeted the Flames Twitter account saying that, you know, Huberto was being re-signed. And you said the Kachuk deal is really shaping up well for Calgary here. If they get Uyghur done as well, Brad Tree Living should win GM of the year right now. And as an Oilers fan, I hate that. But I, I think you're actually right because, I mean, I, I listened to Bob Stoffer. He's the mm-hmm. uh, Oilers color commentator for their radio network, 630 Ched. And I listened to their podcast as well on a daily basis. And he was saying, like, you know, it was kind of in the trajectory of looks like the Battle of Alberta is starting to kind of fade away just as it got fired up. And then with this all happening, it's like, all right, this deal has been saved. Um, unlike the Blue Jays being able to throw a runner out at home <laughs> and that runner being saved. But I mean, it, it is crazy how within the span of like, I mean, less than a week, this deal has almost saved the franchise, if you will. They, it, it's, I, I, who did I have this conversation with? It was on the air. It might've been Eric Francis when he right said that Calgary. Kachuk, yeah. When he said that Kachuk was going to get traded mm-hmm. and he said he was going to get traded within a week. And I said to him, I said, Look at how, like, I've never seen an organization go through a roller coaster like the Flames did. They had a really good regular season. They finished tops in the Pacific Division. Things are going well. They have 340 goal scorers mm-hmm. under Daryl Sutter, which nobody could right. have ever envisioned. They have two 100-point guys, which nobody could have ever envisioned under Daryl Sutter. Mm-hmm. They win in the first round in a really tough series against Dallas, which I think set them back because nobody expected that to happen. Right. Kind of got goalied and, by Jake. Ottinger. Yeah, exactly. And then they win game one. Convincingly. Against, yeah. Against the Oilers. And you're like, wow, this is really turning. And then they completely lose their minds. The Oilers beat them. So not only do they Woo. exactly, not only do they <laughs> lose to the Oilers in the second round, which you don't want to lose to your provincial rivals at no, any no. point, let alone in the playoffs and get your doors blown off in the last four games. Then you lose a heart trophy. Can- uh, I mean, he wasn't in the top three, but he's certainly a in, candidate in the conversation. In the yeah. You lose. Uh, and, and then you're like, Oh boy, now Matthew Kachuk is saying he wants to leave heart and soul guy. And then it's like, okay, well he's going to get traded. And whenever you trade a star player, you almost never 
win that deal. The only deal that I can look at prior to that one where a star got traded, where it worked out, was Danny Heatley getting traded for Marion Hosa, basically. Mm-hmm. And I know Greg DeVries is in the deal, but that was essentially the trade. Right. And when I saw that Matthew Kachuk was going to get traded, I'm like, so he's going to get traded for futures. Yep. That's what's going to happen. Because I thought for sure it was going to be St. Louis. I mean, Jordan Cairo is a nice player. Right. And I think he's going to get better. But, like, it was Jordan Cairo and what? Then when I see this trade, I'm like, the roller coaster is now going right back up mm-hmm. to near its its climax here. Yeah. And I'm like, Jonathan Huberdo and Mackenzie Weger and Cole Schwint and, and the first, first round pick. It just keeps like, going. At that point, you can move that first round pick. Even if you move your own first round pick. Right. Whatever the case, whatever the other, because other teams are going to perceive well, maybe not. Maybe they'll think that, I don't know. Regardless, they're going to be pretty close, I think, at the end of the year and in, in whatever that pick is worth. But you can move that pick mm-hmm. along with maybe a prospect or, or a couple of prospects, maybe a roster player, to get a guy that can play in your top six. Right. There are teams looking to offload money right now. Oh, absolutely. Calgary is in a position where they can do that. And that's why I just think that that trade it goes to show you that sometimes you can actually make hockey trades and they mm-hmm. work out because it doesn't always happen. But in this case, I mean, a star got traded for a star and you still added Mackenzie Weger, who's really good, and Cole Schmidt, who's going to play in your bottom six, and a first-round pick, which may or may not end up playing on your team, but it's certainly currency for you to go out and make another deal. So right. that for me was – it was a sign that that hockey deals can still be made and I can rejoice in that. Well, I do not rejoice because I <laughs> would have loved nothing more than seeing Calgary just implode. And I, I still think Connor McDavid is the great, um, not equalizer because <laughs> there's nobody on his level, but I, I do think the Oilers still have the upper hand in terms of those two big guns, but it definitely is like, ah, now we got to deal with Calgary saying, you know, we're coming for you again this year. Yeah. It's not over yet. It is not over yet. The battle of Alberta is absolutely alive and well. And, uh, which ultimately is good for hockey. You want to see probably one of the best rivalries in hockey. And, uh, you love seeing that. So from that sense, from, from a pure hockey fan perspective, I'm okay with it as an Oilers fan. I hope blows up in their faces and hey it does hey for lee fans matthew kachuk is now in the atlantic division yeah, that's right. so, i mean Have it doesn't fun. get much better here yeah yeah all the grit that toronto has in their uh oh yeah their lineup so yeah lots of grit there yeah uh we mentioned this a little while ago you're also a bills fan on the mm-hmm. topic of uh historically struggling franchises what's uh one storyline maybe a player that you're most excited for as we're getting ready to move into the regular season here in the next couple of weeks. So I think the obvious one is, listen, I, I like, I, I want to see what James cook can do with this offense. Cause I think he's a great fit, a, a running back that they really haven't had. They certainly haven't had with Josh Allen as a quarterback, right? But they haven't had since LaShawn McCoy was there. And if we're being honest, LaShawn McCoy is at the end of his career. I still loved him as a bill. He was at the end of his career. Yeah, for sure. But the storyline that I'm really curious to see. And like a lot of people are, is how does this offense work without Brian Dayball there? Mm-hmm. So he's, he goes over to the giants. He takes on the head coach. I think they, they realized that that was just going to happen. Eventually he wasn't right. going to be their OC forever. Ken Dorsey has been 
with the with the Bills for for a bit. He worked under Brian Dable. He was the quarterbacks coach, so he has he has a relationship with Josh Allen. I think the offense is going to change a little bit, but you still have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So I mean. It, it can still sustain itself even if there's bad play calling. I mean, I don't think that that's going to happen. Right. I think that the defense is so good that it, we're talking maybe one of the more historic Bills defenses that we've ever seen. And there have been some really good ones. Yeah. Like you're bringing in Vaughn Miller, who is, you know, uh, mentioned in the same ilk as guys like Reggie White mm-hmm. and guys like Bruce Smith, who are the all-time greats at the position. and I think the defense just kind of takes care of itself. I think they're going to be able to play against higher octane offenses more efficiently than they did last year. Uh, see the game against the Kansas city chiefs in the playoffs for right. a reference point, but game of the I, century. Yeah. And, and I, I'm just, I'm curious to see how the offense runs without Brian Dable there, because at the end of the day, like I said, the defense is good enough. The defense is elite. The offense is elite too. I just wonder how different it looks mm-hmm. because they're going to use Gabe Davis a lot this year. There's no Cole Beasley there. There's no Emmanuel Sanders. You Gabe Davis is ready to take that next step. We saw what he did in the wild card game against the Chiefs. He goes for over 200 yards. He has four touchdowns. Right. I mean, we're talking about arguably one of the greatest receiver performances that we've ever seen in the playoffs in an individual game. We can also talk about Josh Allen. You know, everybody's like, well, maybe he takes a step back with Brian Dable. But Josh Allen was the best quarterback in the playoffs through two games. He was going to break records had they beaten the Kansas City Chiefs. Because if mm-hmm. he had played one more game, I mean, I, I know I'm, I'm going to sound like a Bills homer. They would have torched the Bengals. Yes. They would have torched the Bengals. I don't Absolutely. care. I don't care what Kansas City did. The Bills were... The Bills just they did something stupid and they paid for it in the wild card game and they 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 just it was dumb. Anyway, the point <laughs> sorry, sorry to make you relive, relive yeah, that. The point being is that I'm really trying not to get ahead of myself here as the Bills are the Super Bowl favorite. Mm-hmm. I just look at the other teams and I don't see anybody in the league that's better. I mean, everybody, oh, the Rams are, yeah, but the Rams don't have Von Miller anymore. They don't have Odell Beckham. They mm-hmm. added, they added Allen Robinson. I love Allen Robinson, but there's still holes on that roster. Matthew Stafford's got an elbow issue. Yeah, mysterious. I mean, yeah. They don't know what's going on with his elbow. I'm, I'm telling you, and I've said this on the air, and this is my absolute dream. And I know this is going to sound really petty. All right. But I don't care because I'm here for it. I'm, I've been, I've dealt with so much pain as a fan of this team. Yes. I hope that the Buffalo Bills get to the Super Bowl and I hope that they play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay. And I hope that Josh Allen retires Tom Brady <laughs> after the, after 20 years of having to deal with Tom Brady in the division, mm-hmm. I've, I had enough Josh Allen, who is the savior in Buffalo retires the guy who they could never get it done against, even though he's not with the Patriots anymore. Right. Cause that doesn't matter. Like the no. beating that the bills put on the Patriots in, in the opening round of the playoffs. That to me is sorry. They lost, they lost to the chiefs in the divisional round, not the wild card round. They killed the Patriots in the, in the wild. Card Correct. Round. Yes. That would be the 
ultimate prize. Like winning the Super Bowl, yes, but beating Tom Brady in the Super Bowl with Josh Allen, the savior. Poetic justice. That is chef's kiss right there. (laughs) That is chef's kiss. Matt, I don't know why we're doing this to ourselves. We're bringing up so many painful sports things of losses and unsuccessful championships. Misery loves company, buddy. Misery loves company. I got your back. You got my back. We're in this together. So, well, hey, man, you've been so gracious with your time. One more question before I let you go. And and hopefully, hopefully baby comes soon for your sake. But better. That's right. Thaddeus is a great name, by the way. Josh (laughs) Allen is a great name. So many. I mean, maybe not Brady, but anyway. Now, so you've also done some fantasy football coverage for Mm -hmm. Sportsnet in the past. What what's maybe your spicy fantasy take for the 2022 season? Huh, spicy fantasy take. I have so many, but the one that the one that I'm gonna go with because I have been touting this guy and saying, watch out, he's gonna be, he's a dog, he's gonna be the guy. I think if DeAndre Swift stays healthy this season, that DeAndre Swift is a top five fantasy running back. I will go as far as saying that if he is healthy. DeAndre Swift is a top three fantasy running back. I love to hear it. I'm rocking my lion swag. Hard Knocks is kicking off episode two in about 40 minutes. And I didn't say that because you're a Lions fan. I know. I truly believe in, I think when I had, when, when that draft class happened, I had the running, like everybody was like, oh, Clyde Edwards Lair. I'm like, no, no, yeah. no, no. Um, it was Jonathan Taylor. Right. Then it was DeAndre Swift. Then it was J.K. Dobbins. Then it was Cam Akers. Then it was Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Mm. I did not fall into that trap. I love DeAndre Swift's ability to catch a ball out of the backfield. I love his home run ability. I, by the way, I love Dan Campbell as well. Oh, I'm a big greatest, Dan Campbell fan. Greatest coach in the NFL. Well, I mean, Sean McDermott's the best. Well, but I, love, I, I am openly rooting for Dan Campbell to have success. I, I love that, that guy. You. And, and I look at that offense. I think that Jared Goff has a much better year because the weapons are there. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Talk about, you talk about um, Amon Ross St. Brown had a really good year last year. I think his numbers go down a little bit, but they added DJ Chark who have always loved DJ Chark. Mm-hmm. Jamison Williams, I think is the best receiver in that draft class. I yep. said it when it happened. Um, I was also higher on George Pickens than a lot of people. I'll just throw that out there. Hey, but, yo, come on. But that offense and TJ Hawkinson's there. It's going to be fun to watch the Detroit lions. I don't know if they're going to be able to defend. I really am not sure. Well, that's... they just, they battle injuries all the time. Like losing Okuda last year. Yeah. That was such a big loss and they just didn't have a ton, but they bring in Hutchinson. There's, they're going to be a fun team to watch. I can see why they're on hard knocks. I'm oh, openly yeah. rooting for the Detroit lions to have success because like we said, misery loves company. Well, and, and I'm hoping that, misery i'm not i'm not calling for nine or ten wins this year but i honestly think i was joking with a buddy who said he he actually said this is going to be the greatest nine and eight team in nfl history and and i'm not i'm not willing to go that far yet but i do think like next year i think in the off season you can address the quarterback situation if jared goff Mm -hmm. isn't what you want him to be this year i I agree with you i think he's going to take a step but i i think you're potentially maybe a guy in the front seven away, maybe a linebacker and then shoring up that secondary, which by all accounts is you can do in an off season. Exactly. And and from where they were last year, 
based out of reports that are coming out of training camp, it sounds like that secondary unit is taking steps from where they were. I like you mentioned Okuda coming back. He's looked great so far. So man, I, I am appreciative that you are on the lions bandwagon. I think, I think they're taking steps. I think with the expanded playoff format, they they may not be in the wild card playoff game at the end of the uh, at the end of the regular season, but I think they will at least still be on the graphic in the hunt late into the yeah. season, which they, we haven't seen them on that graphic in you know a couple of years now. So, so I, I, what the one good thing about what they have going for them is they're a vastly improved team, and they're going to get the they're going to get a a weaker schedule, mm-hmm. and they're going to play the league. Yeah, and they're going to play the Bears twice. I mean, I don't, I don't know what their crossover is. Uh, AFC. Um, you know what? It's the AFC East this yeah, year, isn't it? Yeah. So they, Dolphins, Bills. I mean, they're not going to beat the Bills. Yeah. We know that. But they can, they can. The Patriots. I mean, in terms of talent on the roster, they're not beatable. a talented team, mm-hmm. so they're definitely beatable. I think. Shh. I think Miami's a fraud. Really? I think Mike McDaniel doesn't know what he's doing. I think he's what? playing games. I think. Here's what I say. I don't know if I said this on the air, but it, I'm, I'm certainly not afraid of this take. Sure. Mike McDaniel is playing the I'm going to be nice to the media card because when things go wrong, because I'm not qualified for this job, wow. they're going to be nicer to me. All these selfies he's taking with the reporters. <laughs> he's being he's trying to tell funny stories. He's trying to be like that nerdy guy. Yeah. I think it all comes crashing down. Really? I think that that team is not as good as people want to make it out to be. And the main reason is not the coach. I don't think the quarterback's very good because they should have drafted Justin Herbert. Like I said, they should have (laughs) when they, when that draft was what a disaster that was. So there, so, so I've said it. I think the Miami dolphins are a fraud. So you, you don't believe Tyreek when he says Tua is just as as good as Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) Listen, Tyreek Hill can say whatever the heck he wants. We've all seen enough that we know that Tua Tagovailoa is not as good as Patrick Mahomes, who is one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen already. Yes. Yeah, Tua's not Tua's not shining his shoes, Tyreek, but thank you. <laughs> thank you for the offseason fodder. Hey, he's a he's a podcaster. He's just trying to get listens, right? Like that's that's what we're supposed to do. We generate. Just get the headlines, baby. You can start this one. Mike McDaniel is a fraud. Wow. All right. I might have to. I might have to put that on a a graphic and just tag you in everything. And oh my god, could you imagine the heat that I would get from Dolphins fans? I mean, they're they're delusional anyway. Hey, you're you're potentially stepping away from the limelight here with the, having a baby, so you might not even see any of it. I, I'm going to post it all, and you might not even have to deal with it. You'll you'll come back in a couple weeks. And... Oh no, I, I oh no, I, I'll be paying attention. Okay, I'll right, be. I, right. Bring all the smoke. Bring all, all right. the smoke. Because my excuse for not answering is, hey, sorry, I just had a kid. <laughs> That's right. You got it's built in. I'm sorry. I'm I'm busy. That's awesome. Well, Matt, thank you so much. This has been great. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's, we've been going back and forth a little bit on Twitter, but yeah, um, but, since the playoffs really, yeah, but, but to now have a conversation with another sports fan face to face via zoom, like this, this was a lot of fun. Thanks so much for being so approachable and uh, engaging that it's so cool. I mean, I, I'm sure there's other people that are in your position that maybe are a little bit more um, guarded and, and don't engage as much. So, I really appreciate you being 
so open to chat and go back and forth as we have been. And then even just coming on today, it really means a lot. Myself at the Stay at Home Thad Pod and all the listeners, we're so excited for you and your wife as you are getting ready for this exciting new chapter. And, and uh, we'll have to do this again when you have a little bit more of a normal rhythm in life. Whatever that is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So never. But uh, we can revisit some of the uh, discussions we've had today about how are the Bills doing? Is Mike McDaniels for real? Are the Blue Jays ever going to win another game? <laughs> All of the questions that matter most in life. So happy to do it anytime. I appreciate the invite. I had a lot of fun. Um, like I said, uh, my job is uh, it beats working for a living. That's right. Hey, Matt, before I let you go, why don't you tell people where they can find you? Twitter, online, stuff like that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MattyMar89. Um, I mean, when the Jeff Merrick show returns, uh, you can hear me most days on there, whether uh, just jumping on to join Jeff or as the fill-in host. Um, and there's, I believe there's some exciting news that does not involve a baby that I cannot divulge, but it right. will be made apparent hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Um, I can't give much more information than that. I know it sounds very vague, That's but all right. uh, yeah, it should be coming out in the next couple of weeks. So uh, hopefully people will follow along. Perfect. Well, I'll be on the lookout. I'll make sure that I retweet and repost all that stuff too. So looking forward to whatever that might be. Thank you very much, man. Thanks everybody. Thanks for listening. And I will talk to you later. Peace.